Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How stunning was the end of Game 3? Do the Cavaliers have any hope left in this series? Where does this Warriors team rank among the great NBA teams? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live post-game show slash podcast and slash information on the most stunning game we've seen in the finals in a long time. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Coach Dave, Dave Dufour. Uh, Dave, thanks for running back from the restaurant where you're watching this to, t- to see this game. Uh, is, there a, is there a better word than stunning to describe what we just watched? Um, yeah, well, you know, if you predicted the Warriors sweep like me, then you would be feeling uh, relieved <laughs> after, that, after that game. Yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, I really thought that any close games that the Cavs would have an advantage – and what we saw tonight is uh, you can never count out Kevin Durant. He's, yeah. a, he's a beast. How, he, clutch, how clutch was that three? I mean, it was incredible. It was like, no, no, wait, what? Yes. Like, it was one of those where it just didn't feel like the best shot. And, like, you know, but this is what they do, right? They just – they YOLO it. And um, they're on the road. And you're up two. You have some leeway. Then you can just do that. And that was, the I think, the ninth straight point in a row uh, that they had down that stretch coming back because they had the game was over, right? I mean, it really felt like the Cavaliers had done what they needed to do. They had two huge games from both Kyrie and, and uh, LeBron. That was the key. Kyrie, for me, was the key. And um, the refs were kind of on their side, wouldn't you say? Uh, the refereeing tonight was, all right, look, if Aisha Curry was ever going to send a tweet, tonight <laughs> would have been a night. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it was – look, give the Cavs credit. The Cavs came out. They played, they played the game that they wanted to play. The pace was kind of mixed. It wasn't all wide open. It was very back and forth between slowing it down, um, really grinding it out, and also running. And that's how they need to play. Like, that's the recipe for success for the Cavs. But the referees really were helping him out quite a bit. Uh, I'm looking. I just pulled up the box score. Let's see. We had 28 personal fouls to 25, which is pretty close. Free throw discrepancy, basically the same. But it felt like the on the plays that mattered, the Warriors weren't getting calls where the Cavs were. And I, and it, maybe it was just me. And and you know, I'm not. I, I I'm a human being. And I said it was going to be a sweep. So maybe I'm pulling for a sweep. I'll admit to that. Um, but it definitely felt that way. I, how did it feel to you? Oh, um, I think that there was a number of strange calls. And at least at the end there, or somewhere maybe in the fourth quarter, Clay Thompson just destroyed uh, Kyrie Irving at a, a shot like on his back, and they didn't call that. And that maybe with like you know a couple minutes to go. So I was like, okay, well at least you know the Cavaliers fans now have something to complain about. But 
there were a couple. There was one Curry three in the corner where JR just raked down on him and nailed him like in the nuts. And there was right in front of the Mauer. They didn't call it. And then like the next time down, um, it was like Iguodala goes to the hole and just gets destroyed. Uh, Kevin Durant had at least one or two that was just like all sorts of contact in the air. And, you know, they're on the road, so part of it is just being on the road. But it made me wonder on some of those. And so uh, it was very strange overall, the refereeing, even though I think ultimately it kind of evened out enough. And, you know, this is what happens. How do you overcome that, you know, being on the road and the referees? Well, you shoot well and you shoot threes. Um, And, you know, the biggest issue that the Cavs have now when they look back on this is their transition defense. Yep, absolutely. That and and then the Warriors hit 16 out of 33 threes. You've got to do a better job of running them off the line. I mean, it just – I'm getting the – everybody's giving me the hook on the glasses. Um, okay. You've got to run them off, too, off the line. Like. That's right. There you go. you got to run them off the line, um, yeah. and you've got to do a better job of stopping them in transition. And look, the Cavs – this was about the best the Cavs could play. Uh, tonight the Warriors had 12 turnovers, so not as bad as game two. Um, or sorry, the Warriors had 18 turnovers, so almost as bad as game two. The Cavs had 12. So again, this was sort of the best case scenario for the Cavaliers. You have to think that the Warriors are going to wrap it up on Friday. I, I don't see a scenario where the Cavs can play any better than they did tonight. Maybe they hit more threes. They did miss quite a few open shots, but outside of that, I mean, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love was terrible tonight where he had been really good so far. And he, I mean, terrible from shooting. He was actually pretty effective. He was really doing the, uh, the job on the boards offensively as well. And so that was really worked out well for them. Uh, and, I, and I thought it was enough, right? Because, you know, he's, yeah, he was one for seven from three. How many of those were wide open? Like four of them probably were wide open threes that he missed, I would think at least. So um, that's the one area. But, yeah, let's look at the numbers real quick because Le- LeBron James had 39 points. Uh, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, um, and then Kyrie, 38 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. I mean, uh, and, and Kyrie was just probably more impressive just because he's shorter and he's finishing right. at, the, at the basket on these trees with all this skill. Um, it's, it's, it's truly breathtaking. And I, I actually like tweeted out a couple. I'm like, I'm not even sure you could teach what he is doing out there in any kind of meaningful breakdown way of showing what he's doing because it's that special. He's perfected the off-footed layup to the point where people call a travel on every single layup he takes. Yeah. And, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. And, and with LeBron, you know, he had 27 in the first half. He just – again, this is now two games in a row. Second half, he just looks dead. He doesn't have the energy. And, you know, he played 46 minutes tonight. This is what you and I have talked about all year. You've got to find a, a way to get him rest during the season so that during the playoffs he's not dead. This is when you want to be playing him 44, 46 minutes a night, not in December. You know, like to win 53 games during a regular season, who cares? Right. You, don't, you don't want to have to play LeBron. You know, he played average almost 41 minutes a game this season. That's garbage. You just can't have that. Yeah, and it's now, coming. Can, yeah. We, yeah. Can, we, can we complain a little bit about Steve Kerr? Because this game shouldn't have been close. Steve uh, Kerr is running rotations that you would run in December or January when you're experimenting. It's just, yeah. we're, it, come on, it, we're right? It's one player, right? We're talking about one guy here, and that's Zaza Pachulia. And and I was wondering at some point in the middle of the third quarter what their lead would have been if Zaza had been sick tonight 
and didn't play at all. They just gave those minutes to West and let uh, 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 JaVale play. How about now, JaVale? I, yeah. Well, I, I can see. So JaVale is struggling in the pick and roll to some degree when they have them when they screen with Kyrie. So I get that. I see a little bit of that. But in my take on that is, is he will get better if you give him more reps. Just let him learn. Let him figure it out on like two or three or four plays instead of just yanking him after one. Um, and you're right. Zaza was just was, was hot garbage tonight. And uh, I mean, the fouls he took, he had two fouls that were so, they were just momentum killers for no reason. Uh, he has no hands and no offensive game either. Um, it's a real strange thing. I think that they're going to look at this and realize that they're going to make a change. I don't think that they can come through a game like this and, and say, oh, we got to keep giving Zaza the same minutes. It just doesn't seem as possible. I agree. So look, let's look at just the plus minus, the raw plus minus. Zaza is negative two, David West, negative six. Uh, McAdoo, negative two. Yeah. Livingston, negative two, which is, you know, he only played 12 minutes tonight. Didn't look great. And Ian Clark, negative six in nine minutes. So, you know, if I'm just looking at that, I'm thinking, well, Ian Clark playing nine minutes, it might have been too much. Because he's guarding Kyrie when he's out there, and they're just isolating Kyrie on him. They yeah. know Kyrie can take him to the hoop every single time. Um, the, the Zaza minutes obviously are terrible. He, he's an offensive foul waiting to happen. How do you, how do you get four fouls in 13 minutes and you're not a rookie? You know, it's like eight fouls per 36 or something. It's insane. Um, the other thing is, you know, Draymond tonight, he had five fouls. He was plus 14 in 33 minutes, but five fouls is too many. He, this is now the third game in a row. He's kind of been in foul trouble. He's got to he's got to clean this up. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. Three zero lead, like the series is done. But going forward, like Draymond, like next next year in the finals, you can't have Draymond with five fouls in any games. I just I just don't think it works. And and that's a large part of the reason why this game is so close. That yeah. and Steve Kerr just refuses to leave his best players on the court. If you want to keep your eye on the way Steve Kerr is running his substitutions, you need to get tickets to the game and go see them live. So beat the Andersons to the best seats in the house by using SeatGeek, the best app for finding tickets to sporting events and concerts. It searches multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Plus, you can see the vantage point from every seat. And they are guaranteed, so you know your seats are legit. So whether you want to watch LeBron and Kyrie, Steph or Durant, or Rose and Noah, use SeatGeek to find your tickets. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first purchase if you use my code, CoachNick. That's right, I've got some serious clout over there and managed to get you a nice discount. So ignore all the other codes you hear and type in CoachNick in the setting under promo code and get yourself in on all the live action that SeatGeek has to offer. From sporting events to concerts, Comedy clubs and the theta. SeatGeek. I thought that there was a moment there where, like, Curry might have gotten extended rest because uh, they actually had a little bit of a lead, and it was like, oh, this is great. Like in that in the first half, give him a little bit of extra rest. But there's no question, like when he was out, there's something. The, the offense is just different, and I, I have to look back and see if it was also without Kevin Durant as well. But I know that at one point the offense just didn't look good. Livingston was out there, probably Iguodala at the same time, and they couldn't get the ball below the free throw line, and they're just taking these you know long twos and some contested threes. But that said, I do want to give the Cavaliers credit. They came out and played a lot harder in the half-court defense. They were pushing up and they were pressuring, and it made the, the, the offense look uh, a lot worse at times. All I can tell you is, though, is as soon as they got a defensive rebound, the Warriors, and made any kind of outlet pass, 
it was over. Like they just simply can't sprint back. It's really that bad. I mean, there were there were three or four dunks they got in transition that are some of the worst transition defense you'll ever see a pro team play. Yeah, I, I mean, this is nothing new though. It's it's what we've seen all season. And for all the people who said they were going to flip some magical switch, where's the switch? I mean, this is the finals. Are they trying yet? You know, th- this is the argument everyone's been been using against us when we've brought up the defensive part. Well, they're not trying. Oh, first round of the playoffs? No, they're not trying. That's why it's so close. Against the Raptors? Well, they don't need to try. Against the Celtics? Meh. Of yeah. course the rotations are bad. Why do they care? The Celtics can't beat them. Well, uh, down 3-0 in the finals, you think they're going to try? I, I would hope so. Now, yeah, and I, again, it, the, you saw it in the half court. So I don't want to say that they weren't giving out, and they were. They, there was a lot of evidence there. But um, like you said, like I'm that saying doesn't matter. F- How many I'm fast break points did they get? F- is it, can we look that up real quick? What is that? How many fast break points did they end up getting? Is it in that box score? It, uh, it is not. Uh, oh, it's not there yet. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. It'll, it'll refresh fast break or something. Points. Uh, the Warriors had 24 fast break points. I got it. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's probably 10 points to way too, too many, right? Right. And for Especially nothing. since the Cavs only had 13. So the Cavs don't put the, the same pressure on the Warriors. And that's a problem. You know, the, it allows the Warriors to really sell out in, in transition. Because they're not worried that the Cavs are going to come back at them. And, and part of this is, you know, the, the Cavs look tired. The Warriors really have run them into the ground. And, you know, as a guy who who loves the NBA, you don't want to see this sort of, you know, discrepancy between the two best teams. The Warriors are head and shoulders above the Cavaliers. If I think if Steve Kerr cleaned up his rotations, this would have been a 20-point win for the, for the Warriors. I, I actually, no, I have no doubt in my mind that that's what it would have been. Even with the way the Cavs played tonight, I think that the fact that the the Warriors had to come back in the last few minutes and win this game, you know, they won by five, but really, it, it you know, call it like a one point win, right? Like they won on free throws, basically. Right. Um, the the Durant three was the game winner, but you don't if you're Golden State, your talent is so much above what Cleveland has, you don't want to be in that position, and they easily could have avoided it. They started the fourth quarter tonight with neither KD nor Steph Curry on the court. Yeah. The same way they ended the third quarter. It's inexcusable. There's no reason for it. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the numbers. Uh, Steph finished with 39 minutes. Kevin Durant finished with 41. Why couldn't both of those guys have played an extra three minutes? I, I, like, I don't think there's any, there's any reason to think that they couldn't have. They both averaged about 34 minutes a night during the regular season. They don't look tired. They didn't look tired at the end of that game. Right. And I mean, you know, and maybe that's maybe that's the argument against what I'm saying. But I, I just feel like they they could have won this game pretty handily. But, uh, fair but enough. Yeah. Credit, I mean, I, I won't have though. Yeah, I won't argue with you too strongly on that one. The bottom line for me was the Zaza. In fact, Kerr had to call timeout in the third quarter because they were just terrible in that stretch in the beginning of the third quarter. And when they came back out, it was the same team. They left Zaza out there. And I thought that that was, uh, that was crazy. But, um, again, it, it, the transition, and you know, people say, oh, they don't run as much in the playoffs. Well, the Warriors are, are dispelling that notion pretty quick. And that three-pointer that uh, – 
Uh, oh, I want to call that play out where uh, they, the, I think Kyrie goes to the rim and it was a nice contest with five fouls or four fouls by Draymond. Gets the rebound. like kind of As he's landing it with the rebound, he's throwing the outlet pass. Maybe to like Ian Clark, who then goes to, uh, uh, or no, I forgot. That, that was a dunk for Iguodala. But then there's another one where it goes for a three-pointer uh, with Clay in the corner. Total just momentum killer. The Cavaliers had the game, and all of a sudden Clay hits that three because they don't get back. And it was partly Kyrie. Like they, they, they just get confused. They don't talk. They don't know who they're supposed to pick up. And then next thing you know, the Love is so slow getting back, and they're kind of covering for him that they can't get to the guys in the corner who are open. Um, and it's just yeah, there's just no way to win when you can play you play that way consistently. Uh, it's it's, frust- it's frustrating, right? Because you know they should win. They sh- it should be two one. It sh- it should be. They really did blow this game down the stretch. And, and you know, again, Kevin Durant hit a huge shot. Um, did wait? Was it Clay that hit the three right before that? Yeah, the the, that, that was the left corner. corner three, right? Right. And I mean, look. The Warriors hit some big shots to come back, but if I mean, if you're the Cavs, it was like set. They were up seven with like five to go, something like that. I, you got to be able to hold on to that lead, especially in a series where you're already down 2-0. I, I, like, there's really not much more to say. I mean, we've kind of broken down all of the issues that the Cavs have, and the last three minutes were the best example of those issues. I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's it. And, and then, you know, again, like you said earlier, you know, when we're discussing these teams in the regular season, you know, we all know that the Cavaliers intend to be, you know, uh, judged as a finals contender. And so as a result, we are going to look at that in that prism. And if we criticize them for certain things and the Cavs fans or whatever want to argue, oh, it's just the regular season. Well, what we, this, this is why. We were talking about it as they were building toward what they're going to do against the Warriors because we kind of all figured this was going to be the big matchup again in the finals. So, um, you know, you had all year long to fix it and they didn't do anything to it, which is another frustrating thing. Um, you know, now here's the thing that's interesting, by the way. Uh, I did a video today, and I explained how Kyrie was the key, and I still feel like that was what happened tonight. He was the key. LeBron could have gotten his 40 points or whatever, and they were, they, lo- they were losing that whole time. When Kyrie started going off in tandem, that's when they started to get a little bit of a lead. But um, I called for more uh, horns and more high post split. And wouldn't you know it, like the first three or four plays of the game were exactly what I called for. And uh, you got, I mean, you know, not that they watched my stuff, but like you got to wonder, like, it's, it's got to be funny. But at least the very least, it's encouraging that they discovered some of those things and actually, you know, were, were trying to do those. And it worked, right? Like they still got layup and good shot after good shot on those high post actions. They did. Well, they looked much better. I mean, surprise, surprise, right? Like they look much better when they're running stuff that isn't simple. Because the, the Warriors are the best defense in the league. I, I understand that they were second during the regular season by yeah. like point three or whatever in, in defensive rating. But in the playoffs, they've been at like a 97.8 defensive rating. Yeah. This, this is a historic difference between regular season and playoffs. Um, they, they are the elite defensive team in the league. You have to do something beyond just a simple isolation and pick and roll. They are able to switch whatever. They're, you know, Curry has been doing a fantastic job with his hedges, digging in when the ball goes past him. Like their defense is just too good. And so tonight we see them run some. I mean, they're not complicated actions that the Cavs were running. They're they're basic offensive actions, but there's movement. Yeah, and movement 
creates open shots, not for the first pass, not for the second pass, but for the third pass. Yeah. And so much of the Cavs' offense has been predicated with the first pass from from LeBron being wide open. Right. And that, but what they also discovered was, you know, one thing that was weird was they were setting the Curry, the Curry's man, the ball screen for LeBron. And for some reason in that third or end of the third quarter, they were getting the switch. Curry was trying to hedge. They were, and then whoever was guarding LeBron, like Iguodala, kept getting hung up on a screen. And he wouldn't go underneath. And they had to switch. Uh, and that was killing them. And then they also found another interesting thing where they were doing a back screen on Curry's man, and that would force a switch. And now Curry had LeBron that way. Um, and that was the thing that, the, that there's no question the Warriors have some work to do if they want to win game four. There, there are some things they need to clean up or else they will not win game four. Uh, you know, and by the way, like, again, the Warriors didn't play particularly well, right? I don't think we would say that they played as well as they did in game one. No, they had a bad game. Yeah. They, they were they were possibly worse than game two, which was the worst we had seen them play all playoffs. Yeah. And that's why it's so disappointing that Cleveland lost this game. Like, they really did need to win this game. Uh, like, the series is done. I mean, it was probably done anyway. But the series is for sure done now. I mean, this is, this is it. Like, it's 3-0. We've never had a 3-0 comeback. And I, you know, I can't wait to see to read all of the think pieces about last year's three one being the first time or whatever. No, sorry, this is done. It's it's done probably Friday. This this has to be a gut punch for the Cleveland Cavaliers. For it has sure. To well, let's let's turn to Nard Nard, the regular guy over on uh, Twitter, who asks, Coach, do you think the Golden State Warriors are the greatest team right now? Uh, and I'm assuming he means like of all time. And ever. He, he, I think this is. I think this is the greatest team we've ever seen. Uh, I think no doubt. Been, you know, on both ends of the, ball, of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's for sure the best collection of talent we've ever seen. Have we ever had the second and third best players in the league on one team? I don't think so. Even the Kobe Shaq years, you know, that was like one and four, right? Like it, it wasn't two and three. Right. And, and they were in their prime, though, so it's close. They were. Kobe and Shaq are close, and I think that would be interesting if they, if they were ever to play each other. Uh, that would be interesting because Shaq would destroy them, but they, they would just bring Shaq out and pick and roll, and they'd trade threes for twos all day long. So I don't know how that would end up going uh, playing out. But um, we, the, somebody did ask on there. It went by too fast for me to identify. But it was they asked why did they why did the, uh, LeBron go away from the low post post ups? Oh, by the way, yeah. So he had had two low post touches for in two games. And they finally went down there a little bit. And it wasn't that he needed to score against Durant, which is a dicey proposition, but he had a beautiful pass to Kyrie on a cut um, that I could think of right off the top of my head. Why do they go for why are they going away from all this stuff? And they don't get him on the high post as much in the crunch time. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, you and I have talked about this both on the podcast and also, you know, just in our normal conversations. We haven't been able to figure it out. Um, it makes a lot of sense for them. They they actually they score well when he touches the ball in the post. He's such a fantastic passer that you would assume any sort of double team. I mean, that's an advantage when you send a double at LeBron because he's so great at passing the ball. I don't know why they go away from stuff that's working. I, I like again, it's sort of like trying to unpack Steve Kerr playing James Michael McAdoo in a finals game. I don't understand it. And, you know, you and I are both coaches. Um, we, we like to think that we're smart. Maybe we just aren't as smart as they are. Or maybe they are trying to simplify things. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Like, it, it, it's, it's confusing. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think LeBron needs to touch the ball 
in the high post, mid post as much as possible. It's the only way they're going to succeed against right. this. Especially because that's, that kind of slows the game for them down a little bit too, and they can get a meaningful shot. Because remember, the reason why that's devastating is that you have a curl or a, uh, a split going on, in the, on, the, on that same side. But if you're not careful guarding LeBron, he can go right by you for a dribble and a shot or even just shoot it from there. So it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. And again, uh, it's always what leads me to believe or to wonder who is coaching the team because uh, they're not like a motion, you know, like, you know, with the, with the Warriors, what you get in trouble with is they're an organic motion team. And so as the game is going by so quickly, they don't always get into the right alignments and the right sets because they're just flowing in their offense. Whereas it feels to me like the Cavaliers call a lot more plays. And if it's LeBron out there just calling him and he doesn't realize that, you know, that he, he can't manage playing defense against KD, playing offense is one of the five members of a, of a team anyway, and then, like, have a sense of, like, what's working continually uh, on offense and what call. I, I mean, I know point guards kind of do that and our coaches on the floor, but not against this team and not against this defense. So, um, so Steve Kerr in the post game. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got a little quote. He, he was talking about um, – why he didn't really switch up his rotations. So he's playing to the fatigue. Um, stay, you know, basically telling the guys they're going to get tired, stay in front of them, force them into outside shots if you can. Fatigue will play a role. He feels if you get guys playing 44, 45 minutes a night, attacking one-on-one, eventually they're going to wear out. And and you know what? I can't argue with that. Like, he was right. Um would I have done that? No, because I want to win comfortably. And I think to get a comfortable win, you got to go ahead and let KD and, and Curry play the whole fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I can see how that – yeah, I understand. i got to look at that a little bit because – so in, in your mind's eye, they had moments where they didn't have Curry or KD at the same, at the same time, right? They're Absolutely. Both on the bench. I gotta look Absolutely. at that. So we got, yeah, we we'll look at that. And we got to see. They started the fourth quarter that way. It was Ian Clark, Tristan Thompson, yeah. David West – Iguodala and Livingston, I believe. Yeah, and you're right. And let's just—I would be shocked if they—they they get caught doing that again. Uh, if it's a close game in the game four, I really would because they're not going to screw around. They're not going to be like, "Oh, we got three. We're going to, you know, give it up." They're going to go for it uh, as much, as hard as they can to finish this thing out because they know what could happen. So, um, you know, but just I, again, I don't know if we've ever had. We have to look this up. If we ever had a finals game like this that's ended, uh, you know, like like right. I don't think. You know, nine straight points to just snatch the thing in the last minute. Uh, oh, and by the way, let's not point, let's point out that like so, Kyrie they had a perfect two for one opportunity when they were down by two, and right. uh, Kyrie ends up doing you know a ten extra series of moves, and then they when they when, by the time they miss they have to foul because they couldn't get the ball back. That was very strange as well. Yeah, when they had it with uh, it was like forty seconds left or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had plenty of time to shoot, and then by the time they did, there's like a one second difference. They had a foul. Um, we actually got. Uh, let me. What are your thoughts on the on the Iguodala strip of uh, down up by three, and they you know they don't take the foul, but he strips uh, LeBron on the way up from his shot. What are your thoughts on that? It looked fine to me. I don't I mean, you think that was way too risky to be trying that though. Well, you know what though, it's Andre Iguodala. It, okay. it, like this is a guy who's made a career on making that play. I'm okay with it. If, if it was uh, James Michael McAdoo, no, <laughs> you know, play it straight right. up. But Andre Iguodala, like I give him license to do that. 
Do you are you with me on that? Uh, you know, and by the way, that did enter my mind, and, and, and kind of, you know, and LeBron didn't complain, which is you know rare because he usually complains on a lot of those, um, and so that that tells you something as well, uh, right? And, you know, plus you got to imagine that like, they don't necessarily want to call fouls like normally, but again, they're on the road, you know, it just seemed like. Uh, but by the way, that would also would have been interesting to see. Give LeBron three free throws where he has to make them all, uh, you know, with the way he's been shooting three free throws. That would have been an an interesting, very compelling uh, uh, moment in in the finals lore. But uh, alas, it didn't happen. Um, So now I think it's a sweep impending. Is that how you feel right now? Hang on. I got to bring the sunglasses back for this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that, that the sweep is happening. I mean, look. This this series was was most likely over in July, like we talked about before, because the the Warriors are just the best. It's the best collection of talent we've ever seen. Um, I, I really I really thought the Cavs could pull a game or two, even though I said sweep. I just felt like the sweep was the most likely outcome because of the talent gap. But I you know I thought LeBron would just win a game by himself, right. and right. now I just don't see it. Like tonight was the night. And it didn't happen. You know, so, and you know what? Yeah. And, and, I, and listen, we love LeBron. He is the greatest uh, of his generation, at the very least. But he can't win the game by himself. It, it has to be Kyrie. I'm telling you. You know, uh, LeBron was on pace for 40 some points, whatever he was in the front, from the first half, and they were still down. Like it has to be Kyrie. I'm convinced of that. And you know what? It was Kyrie tonight. He did exactly what they needed him to do. Uh, but again, when when your defense is as bad as it is in transition, then all the uh, every other bet is out the window. There's there's no predicting this, and this is sort of why we're here is because of the transition. It's sort of the, that was the key, right? Because I'd argue that the KD shot was transition, right? Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely. You know, they were back, I mean, and, but and it wasn't necessarily a great look unless no. you're seven feet tall and an alien. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like. It, you know, it's it just they're just unstoppable, and, and KD is playing like Steph Curry right now. Yeah, you know, as far as his shooting goes, um, you know, he had he had 31 points tonight, and I've seen all over Twitter about how he didn't have a good game. Think about that. Like, KD is 31, eight, four assists. He only had one steal and one block tonight. So. Yeah. He was great. I mean, he had a, he had one little mini stretch where he missed a couple of shots, but oh, I, I mean, I think the reason why is because he got scored on by LeBron, uh, you know, three or four times, right? In, right? in a way that he hadn't gotten scored on by LeBron at all. It seemed like in the first two games. So hey, they, LeBron's home. LeBron is is you know unstoppable when he really wants to go. Uh, but but you know, I, I will say that that there were a couple moments that were striking. Like oh my god, KD can't handle this. Uh, we, there are a lot of traveling issues going on tonight as well that uh, a lot of people have some problems with on both sides. Um, I think this needs to be cleaned up, don't you? I, I think that this summer we're going to see a lot of, you know, fine-tuning of the refereeing. Um, you know, LeBron got away with a few elbows driving to the hoop. They yeah. called a block on Curry that was clearly LeBron dropped his shoulder. You yeah. know, like, defender is entitled uh, – the, the KD – charge was actually a pretty bad call um you oh, wait, the kd like, charge on who right before it was I, I was it jefferson it was right before the lebron block um the curry block on lebron okay. yeah um, yeah you know i think they're gonna i think they're gonna clean a lot of this stuff up yeah so we've got a to. question 
We've yeah. got a question on YouTube from uh, Zap. Um, are you sure they won't do something to help LeBron win the last four games and be the GOAT for beating uh, – I guess he means will the NBA help them win. Right. No, the NBA is not fixing games. Right. Refereeing – like, listen, these guys are human beings, and it was a home game for the Cavs. And this is not – it's not abnormal for the home team to get more calls. It's just not. No. And I, I would was, say most of it was that. Right. There were a couple that were like very strange. But I would say, yeah, most of it, it was to be expected. And by the way, I think the Warriors, maybe except for Draymond, came in with a pretty good mindset where they were like, you know, hey, this is how it's going to be. But uh, I guess it's, 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 that's how good they are. Because in, in, in a, in a, with a lesser team, Draymond's histrionics would, would cause them to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, like, you know, again, like we talked about before, you can't have Draymond having five fouls again. Yeah. He's got to be better than this. Yeah, that over the back call that was such a, it was a very dumb attempt. It was just a dumb foul. Kind of like what I, you know, if Iguodala had gotten called for that uh, for the strip on that three point shot at the end, like I would have been like dumb play. Like you can't get in a position where you know in that situation you're, you you can give the ref a chance to call it. I mean, again, I'm I just saw it again on Twitter. I cannot believe that he got away with it. Now people are arguing, oh, it was clean, it was clean. I'm like. That is not the point in any, in, in, by any stretch it was, that it was clean or not. It, it simply is you are in position to give the referee a chance to make that call when you didn't need to be. Yeah, you know, I, I tell all my players, late game situation with a lead, you play, you play close but clean. So your hands are up, your hands are back. You know, if a guy gets past you, you let him go. You, you, you trust the defense. Yeah. Um, and, but again, it's Andre Iguodala. He's, you know, potential Hall of Fame player. Who has done this his whole career? Let him do it. Okay, I, I mean, okay. I, I would love if someone to ask him how, what he felt and what. Look, and what if I was. look, if I was coaching Andre Iguodala, I'd let him do what he wants on defense. Okay, you know, but, yeah, if the Warriors want to hire me to coach Andre Iguodala, I would gladly let him do whatever he wants. Okay. Uh, <laughs> any other questions as we wrap up here that you, that uh, grabbed your eye from anywhere? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, most most one on YouTube brings up the the fact that Curry had 13 rebounds tonight, which I thought. Look, first of all, you and I have talked about this, you know, all all year. He's a fantastic rebounder. It's actually one of his underrated traits. He's a really good rebounder. Um, he like he had a nice rebound tonight on an air ball, an offensive rebound. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not shocked that he had 13 rebounds. I mean, more more so that he had an opportunity for 13 rebounds with how well the Warriors have been shooting. But, yeah, not surprised that he had 13. No, he gets after it. He had a rebound in game three, uh, two that was also really impressive, sort of. Uh, he ripped, went up and just ripped it down. I mean... I like I can't defend the guy anymore on the, for his defensive ability, which is, includes the rebounding stuff. Uh, yeah. and it's just like if you're people not people are going to see what they they're going to see what they want to see at this point. Yeah, listen, like you know, I'll tell you, you know, Tristan Thompson, as bad as he has looked, think about the fact that Steph Curry has out rebounded him like three to one. Yeah, yeah, that should be enough. I hear you. We have an interesting question here um, uh, on Twitter from Duck Viet Hong, who asks, Hey, Coach Nick, do you think the Golden State should continue playing Zaza that much? 
maybe you missed the very beginning of the show, but we certainly had said, you know, no, I don't think he, I think you should start JaVale. I think you should, get, you should have West be the second, the first big guy off the bench, and then, like, maybe give Zaza some mop-up minutes later. I know he's he's doing an okay job, I guess, on Tristan Thompson. I got to watch for that really carefully because nothing caught my eye, but he maybe is. that's part of it. But um, He's very good know. at boxing out. He is, so Zaza, the one thing he's good at is boxing out. And he has done a good job at boxing out Tristan Thompson. And, you know, with the he gets called for a lot of offensive fouls. But I wonder if this isn't like a strategic thing where they just say, you know what, go out there and shove guys around and dare them to call it. I mean, it just sucks because you, you watch the Warriors on the court with him and how like how they were pissed at him tonight with the two the, the two fouls especially. Yeah. Because he took away he took away like six points. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, five, yeah that five, one where took away a three and a and a and a slam uh, by Durant, and it's you know that's frustrating as shit. But yeah. I wonder if this isn't a strategic thing where they just say, you know what, go out there, be physical, try to piss the other team off, and hope it just doesn't get called. I, yeah, I mean that sounds well like what he, that's certainly how he plays, whether they're telling him to do that or not. Uh, but you got to be smarter. That's, that's all. When Durant is bearing down the rim, is going to take off and dunk it. You can't be holding Kevin Love. But he's not going to be able to stop him anyway. It's Kevin Love. It isn't Tristan Thompson or whatever. Um, but but again, uh, and then that other foul went at the end of the, uh, the quarter when they were going to let Durant go isolate and get a shot, and like he just take fouls on his uh, this ball screen is just this is this is dumb. Um, I don't think that I don't know if that, that that's fitting into that narrative. But either way, any other questions you might see here before we wrap up? Mm, no, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a great show, great game, uh, stunning, uh, to say the least. And uh, we'll have a plenty of uh, to do tomorrow looking through the film and trying to break it down and figure out what I'm going to actually uh, uh, focus on. I'm not quite sure. I guess we can focus a little bit on what, what the Cavaliers did do right, which is a lot of the, what we covered in the, in the, the video today. Um, and then that, that last two minutes, it sounds like. Yeah, we'll start talking about the offseason, though. Ah, okay. Well, we can do that, too. So... Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on this show, Dave. Thanks for all the, the questions and for people uh, getting involved on Periscope and Twitter and YouTube and everywhere. Uh, great show, and we will post this up as a, as a podcast uh, to fresh and early tomorrow morning for your commute. And um, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. 